We'll see how the woman at the well story turned out today on this edition of Bible Study Podcast, starting now. to another edition of Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm glad that you've joined with me today as we continue through John chapter 4 and the story of the woman at the well. The clip you've just had a small bit of is by a longtime supporter of Bible Study Podcast, Marcus Bradley. Some of you may remember that some time ago, I uh, asked everyone who wanted to that, to send me a clip of music for the outro, and that I would play it, and uh, I would put it on the podcast. And uh, Marcus was one of those that did, and so I've occasionally been playing some of his clips from the last few weeks, and uh, the reason I wanted to tell you this is because it is extremely hard to get by as an independent Christian artist these days, and uh, Marcus has truly got a great CD put together, so I, I just going to kind of encourage you that if you've got a couple of dollars to spare, and it's not very many, you want to hear a good Christian CD that has some good Christian R&B on it, and definitely help support a Christian brother, You know, please go to his website, that is HTTP and colon slash slash web dot mac dot com slash Marcus Bradley and he spells it M A R C A S B R A D L E Y. So uh please be sure to go on there and check it out. I'll put that website on the website on our website <laughs> so you can check it and uh just be listening at the end of the podcast for the rest of this clip. I'd like to as always welcome those of you who are listening for the first time. From what Toby tells me, there are a lot of you out there who've just begun listening, so I just want to welcome you to the podcast, tell you that generally how this works is we're going to go through the Gospel of John in a very detailed fashion, and we're going to try to hit every verse along the way, and uh, we want to look at the book as a whole to say, what is it that John is trying to tell us? It's been quite fun as we've gotten to this point, and, and I hope it will be equally exciting to you out there. Uh, if there are ever any questions or comments that may arise, as well as any kind of prayer requests or praises you'd like to share with us, please feel free to email me at BibleStudyPodcastJustin at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Speaking of praises, I'd like to give out a, a big praise from one of our listeners. His name is Rick. He and his wife have recently brought a beautiful baby girl into this world, and uh, we just want to praise God that she's healthy. She's soon to be the apple of her dad's eyes. She's his only daughter, so uh, let's thank God for that and uh, keep Rick and his family in their, in your prayers. And uh, without any further delay, we'll get started with a word of prayer for our podcast today. Father, thank you for the promise of new life. Thank you for sending your Son into the world that we may see the light and learn what love truly is. Help those who are struggling to turn to you and help those who are successful to remember it was thanks to you. Help us to hear your voice loud and clear as we study your word. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Now as we go into the passage today, which will begin at John 4, verse 27, I want to let you know a little bit about how we will complete this story of the woman at the well. Now usually we go straight through verse by verse and just kind of handle things as they come up. However, I, I think with this section, it, 
it would be a little more understandable with the amount of time we have if we first look at verses 27 to 30 and then verses 39 to 42 this week and then go back and deal with verses 31 to 38 next week. Now the reason for this is because in the rest of this section, this section from verse 27 to verse 42, we have the completion of the story of the woman at the well, but it kind of serves as an inclusio, that is kind of a literary bracket around the telling of Jesus' discussion with the disciples. Now we'll talk about the relationship between those a little bit more next week, but for now just know that we'll be going through these passages and complete our dealing with the Samaritan woman who is at the well first, and we'll deal with Jesus' discussion with the disciples next week. So, let's pick up where we left off last week. Remember that last week we reached what I called the climax of the story, where Jesus affirmed that he is the Christ. Now we begin to see the following action. We see the response of what happens once that has been revealed. So let's begin by reading verses 27 to 30. At this point his disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or... Why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. So the disciples come up and, and they see Jesus speaking with a woman. Now perhaps they were a little bit thrown off by this, seeing that Jesus was talking to a woman. And as we mentioned in the last few podcasts, this was usually not the case in that culture. It would have gone against the culture in fact and uh, but they had enough respect for Jesus as their teacher at this point not to question him so the disciples are on the scene now but they aren't really central to the setting as of yet no now the scene focuses on the woman the one who has realized something amazing imagine what it was like to be in her shoes for a moment she'd come to the well to get water a chore she apparently hated to do something that if there was any way around it she probably would have taken it and as she was drawing water in the middle of the day, probably at a, this time to avoid the stares and the hateful glances of the other women in town, who would have known her past and known what she was into at the present. And as she's drawing the water, she meets the Savior. And yet here, you know, it's so different from when she began. She began as kind of a cocky, as kind of a selfish, arrogant person drawing water because she had to. And yet now, after meeting the Savior, she's completely changed. Her world's been flipped upside down to the point that she even forgot her pot, the very reason she was there in the first place. What a change indeed. But what does she run for? Where does she go? Where would you go? You know, if you had just met a man who had shown that he was divine, he offered eternal life to you, he even knew what you were thinking before you told him, who would you go and tell? I think it's interesting that the first place she goes is into the town and straight to the men. She begins by saying, See, look, there's a man who told me all the things I have done. Then she looks and she asks, This couldn't be the Messiah, could it? This couldn't be him, could it? What's amazing to me is that there must have been a huge amount of excitement in the woman because the people went out of the city and went straight to see Jesus. We're, we're not told that there was any kind of delay in this at all. This woman is not just going around saying, Oh, look what I found. Woohoo! Apparently, she is into it. She is being noticed. She is drawing people's attentions because the immediate reaction is they go up to see him. 
course, wanting to see what the fuss was all about, the whole city goes up to see Jesus. Let me ask you something here. Do you think the people who knew the woman, do you think they really believed her? Is it possible that the, the man she was living with, maybe even one of her ex-husbands, could it be possible that they were even in the crowd heading up to see Jesus? You know, I think these are interesting questions, but I think they missed the point here. The point is that something has happened to this woman, so much so that others see her acting out of the ordinary and want to see why. Might I suggest that this is also how we should be when we become Christians. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go over the top and we need to always be in everyone's face. I'm not saying that we just need to be extremists, but I'm saying there should be a certain level of excitement that we should encounter as we tell others of the Christ we have met. Perhaps we should show others that there is a difference between how we were and how we are now. Perhaps we should live as little lights, you know, as we spoke of earlier in this study of John, point people to the true light, Christ. But this may be a little bit too convicting for now, so we'll move on. And as we said earlier, we'll skip down to verse 39 to pick up the action of the woman and the people of the city. That verse reads, From that city many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. Now in this passage we will see something fairly important to remember. We'll see here that there are two bases for believing in Christ, two stages if you will. Here we see the first of these, the witness of others. The first step in turning to Christ and trusting Him as your Savior is you must be exposed to the light. After all, one cannot accept Christ if they have not been exposed to Him. But how does this first step come about? Well, right here we see one of those methods. See, another person testifies about Him. Now what I think is interesting about what the woman says as her testimony is what she appeals to. She appealed to the people by appealing straight to Christ's deity, his omniscience. She points out that he told me all the things I have ever done. In other words, he knows me. He knows me inside and out. He knows where I walk. He knows where I sleep. Now, this sounds awfully familiar to what David says in the Psalms describing God. Apparently, the people also recognize this as they right away took this to mean that he was God. He was divine. She was claiming divinity here saying, He knows me. He knows everything about me. So she told the people about Jesus, and we're told here that many came to believe in Him. So let's continue on by reading verses 40 through 42. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking Him to stay with them, and He stayed there two days. Many more believed because of His word, and they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. Now the first thing we see is that the people came and asked Jesus to stay, and so he stayed with them. Now this is a favorite term of John's throughout his gospel. This image of Jesus staying with the people, of him dwelling with them. As John mentioned in the prologue, he, it's the idea that Jesus is here with them, not just passing through, but intimately involved with them. He stays with them. Now, as a result, we're told many more believed. This is the second stage of belief, and this is what could be known as the interaction with the Savior. This is how salvation is made complete. This is how it actually happens. Someone telling you about Jesus may get you interested in knowing more about Him, but it's not until you have dealt with Him personally that you can know Him as your Savior. It is a personal relationship with our Lord that is needed to become a Christian. 
It is a relationship with Him that is needed for our salvation. I think this is why the people's response to the woman is so cool to me. We now believe, not just because you told us, but because we have heard ourselves. We know from our own experience that this is the Savior. What an incredible thought. Their faith has been made whole, for they have interacted with the Christ. You see, this is still what is necessary for us today. You know, it's great to have people who have witnessed to it. In fact, it is often, as we saw today, the first step for people toward becoming saved. However, it is just that. It is the on, only the first step. We cannot be made whole until we have done business with God's Son. We can't be complete until we have a relationship with Christ, until we have dealt with Him personally. Further, we can see from these people that Jesus is not just the Savior of the Jews, but He is the Savior of the world. Now, this doesn't mean that all will be saved. That would be universalism. No, what it does mean is that all could be saved. It doesn't matter what color, what nation, what language, anything. You can follow Christ. So my conclusion today is pretty simple. Hear the witness of the woman at the well and respond. Respond to Christ. For he will give you living water that never runs out. I think her response is something we should learn from as Christians as well. Her response is not just to go around and say, Woohoo, I'm a Christian, or yippity doo. No, her response is that she passionately goes. She tells the leaders at the town. She lets people know, I'm different because I just met a man who knows everything about me. And he's offering living water. Her response is to take others to the one whom she has learned saves her. I think this is key, and I think it's something we should remember. We should follow the woman's advice. We should look to see who this Savior is. But after we've become a Christian, we should respond appropriately. And an appropriate response means we should tell others about the Savior who saved us. Well, next week... We'll backtrack a little bit, and we'll see what Jesus and the disciples talked about. If you'd like, I would like to encourage you to go ahead and read over it this week in John 4, verse 31 through 38. And if you see any questions, you know, write them down. See if we go over them next week. See if we answer them. And if not, email me, and we'll, we'll talk about them. With that, I leave you with our friend Marcus Bradley, and, and my prayer for you, as always. Until we meet again, may God bless and keep you. Let others might receive the word of God.
Like you, Lord, giving up my. 